0: So it's this time of year is always, uh, I find interesting, uh, personally, I never really liked the holidays when I was growing up after a certain point. Um, it just was too crazy around my house. Um, It was my father's birthday on the 30th of October, then Halloween, then my birthday in November, my mother's birthday in November, then Thanksgiving, and then the holidays, which, you know, they really started after Thanksgiving back then, not, you know, before October now, like now, but all parties and, uh, you know, Christmas and the, the New Year's, and I mean, just the alcohol flowing and the the nuts the an, the insanity that was you know the the holidays for um oh, oh yeah then my parents anniversary and and a week before christmas too so lots of cause for celebration and you know my parents celebrated but you know it was like I say, it was a double-edged sword. It, you know, growing up was in many ways very exciting, and 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 um, from the outside, it, you know, looked like you know the you know great success because you know my dad was successful, and my folks had a million friends, and they entertained, they had these big parties. It was it was fun in a way, but there was another side that you know. Anyway. So, what happened on this day 31 years ago was possibly the most important day of my life, aside from being born. As I mentioned in my last podcast about going around... To where we grew up, and I, or when I went to the house where I lived 60 years ago, and I walked out on the grass in the park near, right kind of almost next door to our house, and it hit me, and like, you know, this thought in my head appeared like a thunderbolt. This was the last place you were happy and it was the end of my drinking days and um, so what happened after that that day I I drove I don't know I think I hit a few more houses I mean I think that's what I did ended up at the grave where my brother and my father were were interred in, the, in their ashes, and they both died from this disease, alcoholism. My sister and my mother were still alive at the time, and I, you know, I, in my mind I thought I would, you know, I, I told them I need help, help me, you guys, you know. And uh, I, you know, in my I mean, grandiose alchemy, I thought, you know, the skies might part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. But I thought something might happen there. Nothing did. So I drove down to Emeryville to a bar. And I started drinking, which I was very good at. And... um you know, I started talking to some people, you know which I was also very good at i was I was good at bar drinking, bar, communion, bar conversation, all that all the all of it. But the fact was the pain had gotten so big the alcohol couldn't block it anymore. That's what happens to us. You you screw up your life bad enough. You warp your life bad enough. Drinking and doing what you have to do to keep drinking, and losing what you have to lose to keep drinking, and you know throwing everything into the hopper of the lo- locomotive to keep drinking. It's different for everybody. What they have to and what they do to keep going but uh, I still kind of recall that night um, I had one person on one side of me and a couple people on the other side and we were all kind of talking and you know I'd done that trip around the Bay Area that day and ended up come from my brother my family's grave site. And all of a sudden, I had about 15 minutes of, of peace, of numbness, of, you know, not feeling it. And all of a sudden, it I remember it all crashed in. And I said to these people, I still kind of feel like I owe them amends, amends for it. I said, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, my wife kicked me out of the house. I'm sleeping on the floor where I got a, where I work. You know, nobody, and I can't remember what else I said. I know I said that much. I said, I got to go. And I just left them there. It was after, you know, joking around and all that stuff. I mean, and I went back to where I was sleeping on the floor where I worked at the Alpha Graphics store in the Powell Street Shopping Center in Emeryville. And I I slept on the floor, passed out, whatever you want to call it. And I came to in the morning. I was sleeping under this ratty old blanket that a friend had given me. Because they didn't want me sleeping on their couch anymore. The wife didn't. I think I was using my jacket for a pillow. And I came to in the morning, Sunday morning. And I opened my eyes. And right in front of me, I could see what had happened to my life that everything was gone. Every hope I'd ever had, everything I'd ever wanted to be, everything that was important to me, my wife, my sons, the rest of my family, my friends, um, my dreams, whatever they might have been or all gone. And to make it worse, it was my fault. And uh, my next thought was, well, I guess I better, I'm just going to drive over to the Bay Bridge and join Nate and dad. You know, it was about five minutes from the, Bay Bridge, if that. I could have driven out there and hopped off of it in, you know, I I could have been there in five minutes. And then I thought about my sons who were like eight and nine at that time, seven and eight, I don't know. Neither was ten yet. And then I thought, maybe you shouldn't do this today. Maybe there's a way out. And I remember a little feeling of like peace, like settling down on me from above. I, it's hard to explain, but it was palpable. And that was what we call in our non-drinking club, the moment of clarity. And it's also known as the jumping off place. Because I was, I'm not kidding, I was ready to jump off there for a few minutes. But I decided not to that day. And I wasn't even thinking about drinking at that point. That night, I, it occurred to me that I, I, I mean, during the day I was thinking, you need to get down to like two beers a day would be okay if you can just drink two beers a day. And then that night I thought, well, I think maybe I'll just quit. I'll, I'll just white knuckle it because I, you know, like, like Mel Gibson, you know, I don't think that worked that well for Mel. And I asked my wife if I could stay overnight one night. She said, yeah, but not anymore. I'd gone out to see them. So I slept overnight. And then um, maybe it was in the morning and decided to not drink anymore, quit drinking. Maybe that's, I can't remember. Anyway, all that to say, um, Monday or Tuesday, somebody said, I was talking about quitting drinking. Somebody said, well, if you really want to quit drinking, you might want to check out AA, and because uh, because of the numbers. Now I'd been to AA before. I didn't want to go back to AA. I didn't like AA because you know <laughs> AA was filled with quitters and losers, <laughs> and I was neither. But um, what the person said to me w- was made sense, which is if, if the numbers of, for recovery are real in AA, so. Um, But anyway, just to get back to this morning, this morning of the moment of clarity, it was 31 years ago today. It was December 2nd. I remember distinctly. And I remember all those early days, the little milestones or inch stones, whatever you want to call them. But that was the day, December 2nd, 31 years ago. And that's when my life began to change. I I made it to my first AA meeting the following Wednesday. It took me another 10 days to actually stop drinking. I would go out and visit Janelle and the boys, my then wife and my sons, and I would leave, and I'd stop and get... couple bottles of uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which I really liked and you know had a slightly higher alcohol content than regular beer, for the drive back to Emeryville or wherever I was staying. I can't remember where I was, but... And, and I was going to meetings, too, so... But the pain, leaving them, was just... Terrible. So I pulled in there on December 17th, no, 16th, Sunday, to 7 Eleven San Ramon to grab, I just had left them at the house and got my, got to go get my. Two pale ales and I sat there in the parking lot and I, I remember thinking, you've been going to AA for 10 days now. Maybe it's time to stop drinking like them one day at a time. So I didn't get the two pale ales. And I do believe that that was at that moment that I passed through the membrane from the drunk world into the sober world, which I have remained in, which I have remained for 31 years, almost when I'm coming up on it. Another couple of weeks, weeks will be 31 years. So I did smoke pot the next night at, um, let's see who was playing. It was the Pixies. At the warfield, I had a couple of hits. Now, if I had known it was going to be my last night for any mind-altering chemical, man, I would have had a, you know, a snifter Hennessy at least. But I, I didn't, and I'm still kicking myself in the ass about it to this day. But that's how it goes. And I have wondered many 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 times do does everybody get a moment of clarity does anybody get more than one? I don't know, you know, we, th- this question is actually unanswerable because you can't ask a drunk if he's, he's had a moment of clarity He's gonna lie You have your mon- moment of clarity you got two choices one get sober one keep keep drinking or I guess the third would be kill yourself because that happens too and I've seen it but I don't know I don't know if everybody gets a moment of clarity I mean maybe people just keep going never get their moment of clarity maybe everybody that gets a moment of clarity either gets sober or kills themselves I have no idea you can't get the, that information now every sober alcoholic I know had a moment of clarity Could we talk about it because that's the miracle But you don't talk about it when you're sitting in a bar. I mean, it's, I don't know how you you would. I don't know how you could. All right, I've gone on. (laughs) It's just weird. I didn't intend to do these long ones about the stuff that happened in the past, uh, but it just seems to have happened that way. I'll do something funny and irreverent tomorrow. I am very grateful for my life today. It's, um, and uh, I, you know, it it certainly would have never happened if I had kept drinking. That I know. So, with that, I'm going to say this is Knox, right in the wild bubble with you, one day at a time, forever.